What's happening, everybody? And welcome to this another edition of the Dell and Keith Show. I'm Derek Kernahan, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Keith Anderson. Keith, how you doing, right, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, all right, mate. Can't been a horrible few weeks for us personally with COVID real its ugly head in my house and taking everybody at the game. Um, no being at the house other than the first time I've been allowed at the house today since about the sixth of January, just a bit. My daughter's birthday as well, it's been, you know, we're sort of coming to the, so missed, missed all the football and all that that came back, so we've been able to get to Ibrooks. so it's been a bit, bit of a, you been, you well? I am fine mate, I'm fine now, my, my birthday is a bit of a jinx right enough, um, to be honest, but uh, no, nah, I've been alright, I've, I've I've been at the games, not to rub it in or anything, but I obviously, I've been not too bad thankfully. <laughs> Man, and also we're joined by Hannah. Right. Yeah, I'm good. Good, thanks. Um, glad to have the football back. Um, or the real football with Rangers being involved. Um, and uh, looking forward to a good discussion tonight about uh, all things transfers. I think. Yeah, we'll be discussing having a wee look back at the last the last few games since it since the transfer since the since the. Uh, Breakdown sort of stopped, and we've been had had those few games. You look ahead because we've got some fixtures coming up, and then we'll have a look at the the all important transfer window, the ins and the outs, and you know what do we see happening with Rangers as well, and just a wee look ahead um, to that as well. So let's with the last the last few games. Came back was against Aberdeen at Petardry. Never an easy place to go to for Rangers. Uh, Proof that proof that drawn one each as well. You know, Keith, Keith, talk to you. Talk to you first about this one. The um, the game. It just seemed like we, we never get going, did we? Particularly against Aberdeen. Nah, I think I think that's fair. Um, we, we never got going. I think we were probably fortunate to get a draw. I don't think we probably. I don't think we deserved it. To be totally honest. Um, it was, a, it was a weird night all round, I think. Poor quality game, I think. Both teams were poor. Referee was shocking. Bad advert for Scottish football all round, being on Sky and all that. Um, you would think it'd be a good derby, but uh, it was it was dug meat. And, it, you know, you could blame other stuff, but we just didn't get going. And in a football sense, and in a, a mental sense as well, it was quite a, a, an immature performance. In a lot of ways, we let Scott Brown go does into a lot of stuff, you know, which is, is on us as much as it's on him, I think. Um, and it, it resulted in playing their game. You know, it was scrappy. It was it was sloppy. It was lots of crappy. Just uh, it was just it was just crap, man. Um, for me, I felt I uh, we we let them suck us into playing their game rather than playing ours, and we got what we did. Well, we got more than we deserved, probably on the whole. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that totally. Toner, see, see, when you look at the game as well, like you said, we we, we didn't really deserve much of it, and I, and I do agree with them there, but. See when you're one nothing up there, and we have we have some of those opportunities we had in the first half. You know, if we stuck another one in there, it was game over, wasn't it? Then because even I came back from David and I came back from two down at that point in the first half. No, you would have you would have thought, or you would have hoped, if we could have got that second goal, uh, we'd have been able to hang on. But I think totally agree with what Keith says. I mean, to get a point at the end, when you look back on the actual ninety minutes. It was actually probably a good point because of how poorly we had played. Um, but you know that's not the attitude that Rangers. You should be able to try to get three points in every game. And, and uh, but I think Keith's right. I mean, it's back to the the bad old days when Derek McInnes was manager at Aberdeen, and Aberdeen would pull us into their type of game, make it a scrappy kind of fight almost instead of a football match because if it's a football match, we should win. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great night at the office, and there you know a couple of reasons for that potentially. Uh, talk about the team selection maybe, and um, and it's Scott Brown, um, Scott Brown and his best pal Kevin Clancy at the end of the game. You know, having a wee laugh and a joke as they went off together. You know, uh, it was it was you know Scott Brown made it a game that he could influence, and you know we let him. Yeah. He yeah, pretty much refereed the game, didn't he? Let's be honest. It was after I think after Clancy failed to give the the pen or non pen or whatever you want to say, the, the, you know the McGregor one. Since then, I think Scott Brown was like, "Okay, I'll just ref this game then," and and that seemed to what happened. Aye, 
Uh, it was a massive, massive disappointment, and it was a massive, you know, just you know, everybody was so excited to, you know, for 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 the winter break to be over and us starting again, um, and he delivered that as well. And also, it's seen the seen the debut of, of, um, of James Sands in the team as well. What did you think? Of, what did you think of him initially? Obviously, he's played against Livingston, so but what did you make? Of, what did you make of Sands going straight into the team and starting? Were you quite surprised by that? Tona, you want to go for this one first? Yeah, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see, um, you know, a, a new player. You're always kind of excited to see what they're about and stuff like that. I just question whether, you know, a one day or night at Pataudry is the best night to chuck him in there for his debut. Um, he did nothing wrong. And I think you could probably say that about his two games so far. He, he's done nothing wrong in any of them. It's just, you've got to give him time to settle in, I suppose. He seems very steady, safe, plays plays the safe pass. And, and you know, is, is that good enough for somebody in the Rangers team to be always looking for that safe pass? I mean, I think we discussed the last time in certain games, potentially. I mean, you know, Dortmund away, uh, Parkhead away even, maybe. Are you wanting to, you know, go solid in the midfield and get a get a platform kind of thing? Um, but against most of the rest, you don't really need those two holding midfielders there, I, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah, but I do. The, the boy himself, I don't think I don't think he's put a foot wrong, but he's you know, he is still uh, you know, coming from New York into this league and that, you know, He's going to need to maybe add something to his game. You know, can he just play that square pass every time and, and, and hope to be a success? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Keith, what did you make of the 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 sending off? Pretty uh, Ryan Kent sent off pretty ridiculously. Oh, it's a, it's a yellow card for diving. There's there's no other way to describe it. Yep. Scott Brown's been doing like that, trying to get the kid booked. The referee should that that is, is cheating for me and, and the referee should be should be booking Scott Brown for diving. Um he doesn't because you know, well, we know why, but uh, and he's got the the card out so early, man. He takes his first step, and he's and then I thought Kent might have fought back, but I think he's just like at that point, he's just like, ah, oh, this is, ah, why? Of course, do you know what I mean? He just like it's that sort of resigned frustration where he just shakes his head and walks away. Like there's no point even arguing with this chunder. Yeah, yeah, it was just aye. Um, on you go, Tona. I'm saying it's never a yellow. Uh, aye, it's, it's a complete ridiculous. But um, I suppose Kent. He needs to look at himself for the first yellow, which he gets needlessly kind of involved with Johnny Hayes and pushes him right as the referee's walking towards him. I mean, that's that's a bit of, that's just a bit of stupidity. But again, that's harking back to what we were saying earlier about Aberdeen making it that type of game. They wanted it to be like that. They wanted it to be bitty and um, you know niggly and stuff like that because they knew that they, you know they could knock us out of our stride potentially, and that's where. You know what I thought. We thought last season we'd kind of overcome that and we'd stopped letting, uh, you know, these other teams do that to us and allow us to draw them in, draw us into stupid uh, games. And it was a bit of uh, just a bit um, annoying to see that kind of that kind of game and that kind of performance come back again. So, uh, you know, went back to the back to the old after the winter break. You know, after Dubai kind of performances a couple of years ago. Yeah, Aye. I think Tony. That's exactly why Hayes switched wings, but wasn't it? Like he he went over there. He, you know, Kent was Kent was causing them problems. He was he was ghosting by them and and that sort of stuff. And I think they they thought right, let's switch someone more experienced. Go and get in his head. And then quite early, it's it's no no coincidence that Hayes moves over to that wing and like pretty much the first interaction is that. I think that that's yeah. exactly why they moved him there. Yeah, yeah. Overall, a, a really disappointing night um, as well. So let's go to the. Let's go to the next game, which was um, Friday night there against Stirling Albion in the Cup. And, you know, interesting, interesting team lineup. The, <laughs> the rebirth of Brandon Barker in there as well, which was sensational to see for all the Rangers fans as well. Um, in there, but also, young lad coming off the bench and, you know, looking a, looking a great talent. Keith, you were at the game, mate. Unfortunately, like I said earlier on, COVID restricted me from um, being unable to go, so I couldn't, I couldn't go. But what did you. What, what did you make of the game and obviously everything that was involved in it? I mean, pretty much what you would expect, a change team, a, a kind of comfortable performance with it, it setting the header on fire, really. It was good for the young boy to come on, good finish, nice composed finish. 
Um, and he obviously, you know, we'll, we'll come on to talk about Livy where he, where he played again. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was all right. When I get Sakala gets a goal, hopefully we better confidence. You know, these sort of things. It's, it's what a cup game against lower opposition should be. Really, there was no, no much more to report on it than that. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, yeah, and a few, like I said, a few guys coming in, like I said, Brandon Barker coming in, and then Simpson coming off the bench as well. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> um, you know, but. Short yeah. window, do you think? One of the ones, you know, exactly. just trying. Like, this guy exists. Away. Anybody want to sign him? I um, know. <laughs> but yeah, Tona, what did you make of the? What did you make of the game? Fairly straightforward, David. It's the standard Rangers four 0 against a lower opposition team in the Scottish Cup. Really, it's yeah. just uh, I think we did similar against Infermline earlier in the year um, in the League Cup at home. Um, nothing really to write home about, as as you guys are saying. Um, I suppose the biggest thing that came out of the game. Well, the two biggest things that came out of the game were, um, you know, Hadji being injured and Lowry coming on. Um, you know, Lowry certainly looks like he has all the talent. And, and as you said, we'll talk more about his performance last night um, later. But in that game, you're thinking, second, you know, lower league opposition. It's the kind of standard, approaching the standard that he's been playing against in the B team all year. So, you, you know, he's been a standout with the B team. So, you, at that level, you'd expect him to look. Uh, looked quite good, um, and the other people that the only other guy that I think impressed, um, apart from Sakala, was uh, I thought Bakuna had a couple of good touches and he had a good that good through ball for Sakala's goal. Um, yeah. And obviously maybe hopefully, hopefully we can some... keep him. Eh? I well I was going to say maybe that alerted <laughs> alerted somebody. Oh, that guy can play a pass. Wonder if they might be able to get him, but. Um, yeah. I, 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 the rest of the team, I mean, Tav and Goldson were in there and did what they normally do. McLaughlin, for, you know, I think he had one, one save maybe, but, you know, McLaughlin, we know what he can offer. Yeah. Uh, but the other guys, like nobody nobody else, you know, so the guys like Barker, it's a real opportunity for Barker to get into the side. And, you know, with our issues on the, the right-hand side of the attack, um, if he had put in a half any kind of half-decent performance, you know, he could have been potentially looking at getting on last night or something, or getting involved again. But even against Stirling Albion, he didn't even look interested really. So, I mean, the quicker, the quicker we can get him on his bike out the door, um, it would be better. Simpson did a passable job as a stand-in left back, but he's not going to be ousting Borna or Bassey from their yeah. left back. So, I mean, it's just I, it, there was nobody else that really put their hand up and said, "Pick me, pick me." Uh, like Lundstrom, for example, who, you know, back in the bench last night, didn't even go on, you know. So I think all in all, fine. You know, we got the job done throughout the next round. It's, I suppose, a cup football, all you really need to want is, is to be in the heart for the next round, isn't it? But, yeah. 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 Another disappointing thing about the game is obviously the injury to, to Hadji. And it looks like, well, he's now he's had an operation, he's going to be out for the, for the rest of the season. That's a. That's a that's a big blow to us, and how obviously he's, he's pretty much played every game since since uh, Geo's arrived. So that's going to be a big blow for us. Um, him being out for the as well, isn't it, Keith? Yeah, I like you say, Geo seemed to seem to favour Hadji. Um, so definitely a, a blow to to the team, a blow to the management team. Obviously, they, they rated him. I don't think he'd been in the best of form, but you'd rather have him than not. Definitely, you know, especially with yeah. um, you know somewhere or other. Um, you know, kind of problems creatively up front and that sort of stuff. Or you know, we, we okay, we we've come, we'll come on to the signings, hope for some movement there, and people back for injuries and all that sort of stuff, which we might chat about. But still, far from ideal. We have Hadji missing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then let's just look at the, the last game, which was which was last night against Livy. Um, the, this was probably much because of the weather last night. It's pretty much the only time that I've been glad I was in isolation. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's absolutely barking outside, but. Um, and I think I think the game reflected that, didn't it? T, you know, with us winning one nothing with a with a fantastic goal for Scotty Arfield. Let's not let's not get that. Um, let's not get out of the way. It was just it was it was sensational. But yeah, it was a pretty pretty poor game again, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was a horrible night and a horrible game of football. I suppose is the way to look at it. It was just one of the games that we've all been there, and you know, previous title winning campaigns where you'll just see that. You know, a fantastic goal, absolutely. But that's the only thing that will be on the 
end of season DVD if that ever even happens ever again. But you know what I mean? Like one of those games that that's the only thing you'll remember about it and you'll pack it away and, and never think about it again. Um, again, you know, I think Gio said the press conference after the game that, you know, it was just, it wasn't the team he would have picked. He had, you know, he listed all the players that weren't available. Um, but it's just, I suppose, at this stage of the season, with all the games coming thick and fast that we've got, it's just about getting three points on the board. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Keith, you were there last night. Um, hope your hair didn't get wet, mate, first of all. <laughs> no, it kept it dry, mate. Kept it dry, left it in the house. <laughs> and then, um, you, you were obviously there and you've you seen, you seen it close up. How was it uh, being there? I, ugh, it was a hard it was a hard night. I, I wouldn't take... Like, I, I felt... Um, as much as you know, we won the brilliant. No, 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 no doubts. The performance wasn't where it, it needs to be, but I, I still felt like we probably could have been a goal or two up at half time, and like you say, a good goal that's due to win any game. Um, tough conditions and, and all that stuff. I kind of felt like um, recently, the last couple of days, I've, I've started to get the battle fever on for next week. So I was totally buzzing, and then I got outside, and I was like, oh no, never seen the team, and I was like, I should go about a hard night, man. Um, so I think it had. Uh, it had no no or whatever written all over it, so it was good to get the wins turning turning those nights into into a valuable three points is is what champions do really. To be honest, it was an easy night to to chuck it. Uh, I thought the team kept going, so credit for that. But I mean, limited limited bodies and a horrible night and a, a decent. Let's be honest, Livy are a decent outfit. They're in no bad form. They're hard to break down and all that sort of stuff. Well coached, so you've got to give them a bit of credit as well. I think they, they deserved. They, they contributed to. Whatever it was, you know. Yeah, and then you've got to give us credit for when Lovey started bringing the Harlem Globetrotters on at the end. You know, the, ah, guy's a monster, man. He's huge. The, the two of them, there was like Aye. the first sub come on, and you're like, oh, God, he's a big laddie. And then the next guy comes on, and you're like, Jesus. <laughs> See, there was one, but I don't know if it, if you like if you guys seen it, but there was one bit with the I think it was the the, the big guy uh, with the shorter hair that come on up front. I don't know if he came on first or second, and there was a bit where he was trying to like. Uh, Try to bomb down the right hand side, the right hand side with the ball, and Borner just kind of got between him and the ball, and he tried to like just shuffle in, you know, Borner tried to uh, put his shoulder in and, and move the guy out the road in it, and he just looked tiny, man. He looked like you know that way when you're playing against the Wayne's and you just like move him <laughs> the road to your hand. It was like that, like he was trying to do that to Borner. To be fair, Borner won the ball still and came away with it, but it just looked like men against boys, man. The guy's huge. Yeah, yeah, and then some some of the guys who sort of. You know, came back. It was nice to see Ryan Jack coming back into the, coming back into the, you know, coming off the bench again, um, as well. And you know, it was really nice to see that. But there was a few guys who didn't really do themselves any just any favors, did they? Um, playing last night, like uh, Scott Wright, I thought was pretty. Didn't have a great game again. I think his confidence is really low. And then big, uh, big said the Ted, who's came back, hasn't really shown himself in any light, has he? Since he, since he came back and played those last few games. Nah, I think. I mean, being there, there was a lot of frustration at Scott Wright as the game went on. I think, um, he, like you say, he started to try too hard for me and, and he was just rushing it. Uh, like the the one where it was the, I think it was Sakala or something, puts a shot or a cross, a cross goal. Um, and, it you know, it's Scott Wright picks it up in, in the other side in a really wide position and he tries to shoot high and it just, you're like, just a wee bit of composure and put it back across into the danger zone. And it, you know, I, I just dink it back in alone, hard across the goal or something. But he just, you know, he, he sees the Hollywood uh, lights, I think, and tries to smash it and get, go for glory. Just calmed in, and I think he's, it was like that. He was trying too hard, and he, he lost his composure. Um, but I think he's listen. He's, he's just no, he's just no Rangers class. Let's be honest. Is he better than Brandon Barker? Well, maybe, but he's not what we need. You know, I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. And I, Itton, didn't he? Didn't he do well? I think. Um, he started like he was he was up for a bit of a, a bit of a fight, but quite quickly realised he wasn't giving that boy at the back any hassles, and and then he just totally fell at the game. Um, I think another two worth men, well maybe three was the midfield three, so to put it. I, I thought like Kamara, Sands, and um, Lowry. Lowry played good in flashes, but you see like there was times where Jason Holt was just you know he either out muscled him or out foxed him or whatever, and yeah, I think it was a good test of he's got the ability as you said earlier, Tony, but. He's, you know, he's still got a lot to learn and, and physically he needs to develop. 
Um, Sands, I thought the game passed him by uh, spells as well. He's neat and tidy in, in, in moments, but in other moments he's just out of the game. Um, so that's a bit of a worry, I think. Uh, he's got to find that. Um, not necessarily a worry, that's a bit harsh. There's only been two games. But I think just the midfield in general last night gave me concern at times. I don't think Kamara's started the year. Um, he's knocking back in, in the best of form. And maybe that's because he's got Sands playing beside him. And, you know, it's another six and he's not really sure what to do and being asked to do something different. But I just didn't think it worked last night that well, to be honest. Apart from, obviously, Lowry doing doing some, some good stuff. And he did more. Like when Jack and Arfield come on, he looked a bit, you know, he looked a bit more... Um, well, I don't know. Maybe one of them. He went off for one of them actually. But you know what I mean. Like as it went on, it looked better for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the game. You know, again, I agree. With you. I think that as the game got on, Lowry got a bit better and a bit more confidence, didn't he? As the game went on, and he done he done some good wee touches. Yeah, it was Sands a, a lot of stuff on social media about him how he was, and you know they didn't think he was he was up to much um, as well. Which is, but again, he's, he's he's only young. He's coming into a new country. You probably need to give him a bit of time. He, Settling, doing it. It's just like Toner said as well. Bringing him in against Aberdeen at Petodri is probably not the best place to to bring him in for his debut. Maybe you know, maybe bring him in against you know the Stirling game, start him that game, you know, and let him build it up rather than bringing him in against Aberdeen. But yeah, Toner, what did you what did you think of some of those individual performances that we just spoke about there? Yeah, um, I th- I th- the thing about Itton is that. He just, I think there's a certain section of the support that have made their mind up on him that he's he's not good enough, and I'm probably in the camp of I want him because I think he, he just, I just like him and I, you know he scored a couple of important goals last year and I, I want him to succeed. And I don't I, I think that's unfair. I, I don't know think anybody doesn't want him to succeed, but you know I'm kind of willing him on a bit more than maybe some other guys. He's a t- he's a different striker. And I think the thing that is hammered home is. The drop off from uh, Alfie to our other centre forward options is is vast, and I think we all knew that. You know, it's, you know Alfie's the main man, and uh, you know we all know that. Ruth Gibbs is a slightly different option, and he can play wide and all that, and can play through the middle. But again, he's there's a bit of a drop off between him and Alfie. But to go from Alfie to Itton at the moment certainly isn't. You know, isn't great. Itton's not the same kind of striker. I think Itton wants the ball wide and in the box to attack and stuff like that. I don't think he can hold the play up and, and link it like Morelis does. So it's a bit disappointing. But you know, we've got a we've got to go with it. Um, I don't know if Ruth maybe having had that last kind of half an hour last night, maybe he starts on uh, Saturday to uh, to give him a wee bit game time before the old firm. Um, we need to see, obviously, because we don't have Borelis. Um But yeah, the other individual performances, yeah, Kamara's not started back great. Sands was neat and tidy, and as I, you know, again, safe. Do you need safe at home against Livingston? I think that's it's that whole argument of the, you know, how do you break down a low block? You're not really going to do it with two defensive midfielders sitting on the halfway line kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I think I suppose the kid Lowry was the kind of bright spark again. He had a couple of cracking touches. Um, should have if it, you know if Morelis was playing, I think he maybe assists a couple of goals. We had some good balls across the the, the six yard box and stuff like that. But yeah, I agree with you, Keith. Um, he was he's not streetwise enough yet. Um, and Jason Holt a couple of times did kind of just do that kind of we would nick in in front of him and then take the take the contact and go down for a foul and and Lowry. Probably lucky at one stage not to get booked. I think he had a Aye. couple of fouls in quick succession in the first half, and and again maybe the referee has saw you know young guy first first appearance at Ibrox all that kind of stuff has maybe let him off with with one. But in saying that, you know he's had two games at Ibrox. He's had two man of the matches. So you know he's living the dream at the moment, and he's showing that he's certainly an option um, for the rest of the season. Of course, we've got guys like Arfield and Aribo and everybody coming back now so he might get pushed further down the pecking order but you know certainly you've you know you've got he's got a chance and he's Gio obviously likes him um and has given him the chance to to prove himself which is it's refreshing to see it's it's something that Rangers haven't done very well over the years is give give these kind of young players a chance so it is refreshing to see him get get his opportunity yeah, yeah, boys like that. I think young guys like that as well, young Scottish boys particularly as well that the Rangers fans just love to see playing 
playing for us, don't they? So right, it's really, it's really nice to see someone coming through like that um, as well. And he, like I said, another pass marks again. But let's look ahead, guys, to the um, a few of the fixtures coming up, and then from there we can sort of look into the transfer window as well when we when we do this. So we've got the next few games. We'll, we'll talk about the next four games. We'll sort of do it in that block. We've got Ross County away on Saturday. Um, at half to kick off. Then we've got Celtic um, on Wednesday um, at quarter to kick off as well. And then it's a double header of Hearts and Hibs, um, both at both at Ibrox on the following Sunday and then the following Wednesday again as well. So games are coming thick and fast now, boys, aren't they as well? Um, looking forward to see. Obviously, uh, him. It's pretty pretty funny that you know probably the most expen- most expensive export in Scottish football. Um, and Diallo, who we've just said today from Man United, is going to make his Rangers debut at Dingwall. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> fitting for him, isn't it? <laughs> As well, got to be probably, unless I'm mistaken, he's probably the most expensive player to play in Scottish football. I imagine with that sort of price tag. So I going to be interesting to see him. And then obviously we've got the the big game on Wednesday as well. Um, Coming up there as well, guys. What you what you think? I mean, obviously, if we're thinking about it now, there's obviously a few players coming back into the coming back into it now. Obviously, we've got an African Cup of Nations, which is amazing. I think, don't think anybody's obviously it's, it was disappointing for Nigeria to get get put out, but I think every Rangers fan in the world was absolutely delighted that they get put out when they did. So Joe could come back and play these games, um, because it'd be a bit of a worry having. No Morelos and no Aribo against, particularly against Celtic at, at Parkhead. Yeah, so we've got him coming back. Let's see, we've got Arfield who came back in and looked really fresh last night. We've got Jack back in the squad um, as well. As you know, so it is looking, it is shaping up. And also by then as well, there could be a number, there could be another few signings in there before the game on Wednesday um, as well. It's just going to be, obviously, Ruth came back off the bench again, guys. What are you what are you thinking about? Are you quite comfortable about the games coming ahead, or would you like to see a few more, a few more signings in there? Um, I guess I'll, I'll jump in quickly first, team. Um, for me, I think I would like to see another another signing. Um, you know, obviously we've we've brought this boy in, and he'll come straight into the squad. And you've got Kent on one wing and him on the other, and it all sounds great. And you know, Ruth or, or Alfie up front when Alfie's back. Um, a rebo in behind it. There's, there's, it's exciting, right? No doubts, but it's a six-month loan on a young kid. You know, there's there's not a lot of time from. He's got to really come in and hit the ground running. Otherwise, you know, if it takes ten games to get up to speed, then you know he's he's away down the road again. So, um, I think uh, you know it, it does look good, but we need him to hit the ground running. And I still feel like we. I'd like to see a signing in. Um, and it's a point that I think you made there before is that you know you take to. Let the let the window shut uh, without signing anybody else, and then you go Celtic, Hibs, and Hearts, and within three games you're like, ah, uh, nah, we needed somebody, you know, yeah. and that could be where we're at because, okay, but we've uh, we've won our last two games, but the form isn't too different than the the kind of half joking comment Tony made about coming back for Dubai, you know, we need to we need to find our form quickly, and we're 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 coming into four decent tests. I mean, Dingwall's not going to be easy. We usually got there on day all right, so you know, let let's say that. Um, Let's put that to one side. But even at Ibrox, Hearts and Hibs isn't it going to be isn't it going to be easy, you know? So there's no. there's, there's tests very much right round the corner. So for me, I would still like to see, you know, somebody in maybe a a, a kind of eight or a ten, you know, like a, a midfielder, attacking midfielder or something. Because um, oh, you could go, oh, you get Ryan Jack back, but you could go to Dingwall and then get crocked, and then he's out for the rest of the season or something like that. You know, yeah. his record recently is. Isn't it great? So we could have him, but you wouldn't want to be hanging your hat on him. So I'd like us to go and get uh, another attacking option, especially with Hadji injured and Bakuna away. Who, whether he's going to play or no, we don't know. But he's got that ability. You know, he's got a bit of creativity. He's got an eye for a pass. He's a wee bit unorthodox. So I still feel like I would. I'd like to see something else in in that area. Yeah, yeah. Tony, what about you? What are you thinking? Yeah, um, I think we need to replace Bakuna in the squad, and we need to replace him with somebody who potentially what walks into the team it's it's been I think the last signing we made that was a, a first team player in the in the kind of centre of the midfield you probably would say when we bought a Rebo and he's been here for three years um, like spending money I mean um, yeah. we've obviously got in Lundstrom and Bakuna and people like that and free transfers um, 
but it's it, it really we need to I think the only problem is in this window it's the January window is notoriously difficult to get your first targets or you know and even when you do and, and the fact that people know we've got some money uh, after selling Patterson so you know the Jan there's like the January kind of tax so if, if you want to buy this guy he's going to be more expensive than if you wait and get him in the summer so the sign of Diallo I think even for that right wing slot I think that's possibly come from the fact that we might have had a first choice in Olsen or somebody like that and we've been priced out of him and so we've gone into the we've gone into the kind of look and see what else we can get I think he's a good option I mean I, again I won't profess to know hundreds about him but you know a guy that goes for that type of transfer fee um, at 19, 18, 19 um, must have something about him and you've, you've seen the YouTube clips and a couple of things he scored against Milan in the uh, Europa League last year and stuff like that I've seen yeah. uh, all the stuff on Twitter and he you know he looks like he's the type of player we've been looking for but as Keith said he's a young player he's coming to a league he doesn't know you know he could struggle to set also in it's it is a bit of a gamble but again if it comes off if he if he, if he turns up and is the player that we're expecting you know you're looking at as 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 Keith said you know Kent and one wing uh, Diallo in the other way, Alfie or Roof up top, Aribo in behind. It's 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 mouth watering uh, yeah. if it comes off. Uh, but I think you're looking at if if Geo plays the system that he looks like he wants to play, with one six, whether that's Sands or Kamara, depending on you know uh, form or who's available, and he really wants to have a, a, a Rebo in behind the striker. He has that other player, which Arfield's been doing well, uh, but obviously. Uh, has been the team uh, with injury and stuff like that. Another player in that kind of mould that can link the forward and attack and have those have that impact in the game. Like Arfield came on last night and instantly we looked as if we were going to, you know, he, looked, he made he started making those runs and he he makes he makes runs and, and occupies defenders in a different way than you know Sans and Kamara who are are good on the ball and tidy with their passes, but. You know, Arfield will make that run in behind the, the defence or and draw a defender out that leaves a space for somebody else, or like he did last night, or actually be able to score himself. So another midfielder in that kind of mould, I think you're right, Keith. I can almost hybrid between an eight and a ten um, would be would be ideal. Um, I, I think that's a that, that's exactly it. And and, and like you said, the, the thing that I like about when Arfield plays is. You'll see a bit of rotation between him and Aribo. So Arfield will start as the eight and Aribo as the ten, and then you know, like they'll they'll just float about and they'll kind of occupy. Arfield will, will be further up, and Aribo just sit in, and it means he's getting the ball a wee bit deeper, and he's getting maybe more room to dribble, or you know, and it, yep. it gives different looks and different problems. And you're right with Arfield; he's got that kind of Frank Lampard quality, you know, where he arrives late in the box or he runs beyond the striker and he, he gets goals because of it. And I more of that, please. I think. Aye. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean. Other signings, uh, we obviously don't know. We've got well, it was it Monday night, haven't we? So we'll get um, potential of um, anyone coming in up until then. But I don't think anybody that's signed, I don't think if anybody that would sign after tomorrow would be involved in Wednesday. I, I would, unless you know, unless we sign a, a world superstar that we're not expecting. But I think for you know, it'd be a real gamble to sign somebody on Monday and chuck them in at Parkhead on on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts would be on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, my, cons I, I, my concern about the the transfer window is, you know, obviously we're aware that we're banked quite a bit of money for the Patterson deal um, here as well, and that we're going to rely on a few loan signings to get us through to you know to win to win the league to win the Champions League. When it's clearly obvious that we do need some permanent signings in there, not just. Not just young boys as well, because when you look at it, um, when you look at it, Sanz is a young boy. Diallo's young as well. These are only nineteen. We've been linked to a Manchester City midfielder as well. That's obviously just talked to now on Twitter and stuff like that. But again, he's a young. He, he's only a young boy as well. You know, we're bringing in some of these loan boys who don't really. You know, we want somebody in there with a bit of experience and a bit of grit about them. No, somebody that we're going to play for six months and then send back to the to the club. Obviously. Um, Diallo's a, an exceptional circumstance in there. You know, it's an opportunity that we couldn't, we couldn't not take. I think in there, but that's my that's my concern that we're going to maybe bank the money um, till next season, maybe. And if we get the, you know, if we 
if we win the league this season with that squad, happy days. But I think we desperately need um we desperately need some people to come into the squad. Uh, I think, like, sorry, Dylan, you go, mate. No, you go, Keith, that was it. No, no, I was, just, I was going to say, I think you're right. And I mean, I still think if we don't do any business, we've got the best squad in the country. Like, I, I'd, be, I'd be comfortable with that. But you need to give Celtic a bit of credit and that they don't look like they're going away, you know, regardless of if you think, oh, they're a few injuries away for a disaster or, you know, they're, they're only winning by the odd fluky goal here or there. It doesn't matter. They're, points on the board. They're not really going away. Now, if we go and smash them next Wednesday and it puts it back to seven points and then, you know, their bottle might go and all that. But that's ifs and buts and that's after the transfer window. So I think if you look at it, you've got to give them respect and assume that it's going to be a challenge and it could go right to the wire. So, um, you know, let, let's let's strengthen now and, and make sure rather than take a gamble and miss out at the last day and, and be absolutely gutted. I think yeah. we, don't, we don't like to talk about them, but that boy, the Japanese mid, the midfielder, the boy that scored is it Hatate, the guy. Any Uh well, aye. <laughs> the boy that scored the goal last night. I mean, it was an absolute. I don't know if he's seen it. It was an absolute cracking strike, and he looks. You know, he's come in and he's made an impact. He's exactly. You know, from the way I've seen a couple of clips of him and the way he's playing, he probably looks like exactly the kind of player that we need. A guy that's willing to get on the ball, take you know, get get forward and, you know, it has a decent shot on him, you know, and, and as a goal threat. Um it's exactly you know, somebody like that it would be ideal. I mean you said you said the ideal man there, if we could wind the clock back and get a, a, a Frank Lampard, that would be ideal obviously. But somebody in that somebody like that, somebody who's willing to you know, there's there's a few times last night and we've been guilty of it in the past as well where Kamara gets into a really good position on the edge of the box and instead of trying to take a shot on or whatever, he takes that extra pass. Somebody that's willing to, you know, like Arfield and Aribo does it more often now, but he, he, he was guilty of it previously as well, where they're just willing to take that extra responsibility and try and, you know, take that shot on. I think that's that's something we, we still lack and, and it, would, it would be somebody like that I'd be looking to try and get into the squad. You know, Frank Lampard's don't grow in trees, obviously, but um, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say. Somebody who would be that difference maker would be, would be exactly what we're, we'd be looking to add. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's something that we need to, someone that can turn the game on a sixpence, can't they? Um, in there that can, you know, that can make a break a game and you know shots like that. We don't see any real boys having having digs from outside the box or anything like that as well. We, you know, we usually try and work it into the box, but it's going to be. It's definitely going to be interesting what we can see, and um, you know, coming up to the next few weeks. Obviously, we all, as football fans, all love, you know, as we used to call it, Jim White Day, um, transfer deadline day, which is coming up as well. And it's going to be exciting to know that, you know, that we're going to be part of it, guys, as well. Do you know one of the things I wanted to discuss with you guys as well was, um, you know, we've obviously we're signed, we're signed somebody for the start of next season already, and John Suter. Do you see, do you see John coming in before? Before the end of the transfer window, um, and there or else, you think we'll just wait till the end of the season with them? I don't think they're wanting to pay the money that Hearts are wanting us to, which I totally understand, I totally get. But do you see him coming in, Toner? I'll go to you first. I don't. I'm. I'm not really sure. Uh, obviously, I think we we were trying to get it done towards the end of last week. I think we had from all well, reports where I think about a three hundred thousand bid or something like that was. Uh, uh, rejected, so I think, and and Geo said in the press conference, you know, we are happy to welcome him next season. So I don't, th- I don't think we need him. Obviously, I suppose if if Simpson does go before Monday, then potentially we've got a, a spot there that's needing filled. But if Hollander's coming back and Balligan's there and Bassey's able to cover centre back and left back, you know, could we just wait till the um, the summer to get Suter? Then I probably. Uh, I think it's on. It might be on Suter at the end of the day. Um, does he want to be there? We've got booed last night um, playing for Hearts. By both sets of fans. I, I, I <laughs> uniquely hated by all, all all sides of the ground. Um, but you know, it could be Suter says you know he might go into Robbie Nielsen and say, look, I really don't want to be here getting booed every week. Um, can we try and sort something out? Kamara did. I think it was similar with Kamara, although. Was you know Dundee dropped him as soon as they knew he was going to Rangers, so there was it was different. Whereas 
Nielsen has kind of said Suter's Suter's still his best centre half. He wants him. He wants him to stay because let's and this is something that um, maybe hasn't been highlighted so much. Um, if you take on kind of board that Rangers or Celtic are probably going to win the Scottish Cup this year, then the the winning. Uh, place for the Scottish Cup goes to the third place in the league, and that guarantees or should guarantee group stage football. Ah, uh, okay. Because the winner of the the winner of the Scottish Cup would go into the uh, Europa League playoff round. Right. So you would either get Europa League or Conference League guaranteed. So right, okay. if Hearts are looking at if Hearts are looking at third, potentially securing European stage football for them for next season, then. You know, that's why they don't want to cash, you know, in normal circumstances, in normal Scottish football circumstances, they would not be averse to getting rid of Suter to bring in some money. The flip side of it is they keep Suter and he can secure them third place, then, you know, that, that makes it a bit more of a, uh, you know, incentive to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Keith, what do you make of Suter? Would you want him, would you want him in now? Um, he sort of get get him embedded, like sort of like not like like we've done with Sanji, you know, get him in for the for the rest of the season, and then see how he goes. Obviously, he's a bit more, he's a different from that because he's he's been in Scottish football for so long and he knows the league and everything like that. But would you want him in now, or based on what you know, everything the Toner said there, would you rather wait till the end of the season for him? I mean, for us, ideally, you'd you'd get him in now. I think that, that's a for me that would be a given. But it, it, how much do you want him in right now? And I don't think. Um, we're going to pay the money that Hearts are looking for, you know, yeah. and I think this is something we said the last time is that it, he's their best player, they're going for Europe and, and the carrot that Toner just articulated, so for me, I, I don't think they'll be easy to do business. If we do what we did with Kamara and you leave the money on the table and you say, the offer's there, if you change your mind, let us know before the window shuts, but I don't think they will, um, and even if Suter wants to go, I don't know, I mean, I, I think that the Hearts business folk might the the other ones that's done to them, I think, might not even be Robbie Nielsen. Do you know what I mean? It's other people that um what's the what's the, the pound amount on it and European football's worth more. So I don't I don't think it's it's likely to happen unless unless there's a shift. Yeah. Their end. Yeah. Let's look at let's look at guys some of the, the outgoings and obviously we'll get rid of Partisans away to Everton. Defoe's left on a on a free, which was I guess when you think about Demain Defoe, fantastic servant to the club. You know, he done he done very well in the time he was here. You know, worked out a goal every 75 minutes he played, which was sensational for him as well. So he's left and obviously he get first-team football. He still thinks he can play. And I think he can still play if he goes to somebody like a, you know, like a Sunderland who love him as well. If he went to there, I think he'd, I think he'd do great for them. And then obviously Bakuna has left today to join, to join Birmingham. Obviously, other than you know some of the other ones, but uh, the obvious ones such as like Barker and Simpson, and um, potentially leaving. Do you guys see anybody else exiting in the next the next couple of days? Keith, I'll start with start with you, mate, in this one. Um, it, it doesn't look like it. There's there's no there's no rumours of you know somebody coming in and offering stupid money for somebody. Um, so I, I I'm not expecting it, but football's football. You never know who's yeah. going to chap your door at any point, and I think. We all know how the how the transfer window goes. It, it seems counterintuitive, but everybody sits in their hands and then, you know, with 14 hours to go, it just gets crazy and all of a sudden there's money starts flying about and you're like, why did they not do that last week? You know, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you never know. You never know. And especially being, um, you know, World Cup coming up and all that sort of stuff, people are going to want to um, be in the manager's thoughts and that. So, you never know. That, that can get movement started, you know. So, say... Um, you know Newcastle kind of get the SEL Lingard, so what do they do? And then all of a sudden they're going and buying somebody for Palace, and then you know it, it, you just don't know what's going to happen once it once yeah. the ball starts moving. Um, but hopefully we'll get rid of some of the dead wood that you mentioned. Um, to be honest, get them off the books um, and reinvest the wages either now or, or in the summer. It wouldn't do any harm. But apart from that, I, I'm not expecting anything. Yeah, anytime I think of the transfer window toner, I think of that. You know that Sunderland documentary that was on Netflix when they were trying to buy Will Grigg and they were saying it's a million pound don't bid any more than that that's what Jack Ross who was a man at the time said to the chairman and then the next minute they sign off for three and a half million you know that sort of reminds <laughs> me of the transfer window you know sort of like that but do you see do you see any deals making any any Del Boy deals getting done in the last in the last days for any of our other players or do you think that's us now, now that we've got rid of them obviously you would 
you think that guys like Simpson and, and Barker will go? Do you think they'll go to maybe Simpson? It looks like might go to. I think there was talk of some championship teams after him as well. But Barker, there's been nobody really anybody. Do you think we should just cut our losses and you know sort of agree a, a release of them or anything like that? What you're thinking? That's uh, another part of the Sunderland thing was uh, Martin Bain was part of that, wasn't he, in that mm-hmm. documentary? And that was Bain's speciality was free transferring guys on deadline day. So yep. I think, but I think I nobody's knocking down our door to get Barker, and it's probably because he's on he's probably on a decent wage compared to where he would be going to. You know, I think he went down to Oxford last year, didn't he, on loan, and he did all right. Yeah, so Oxford probably can't pay him what we're paying him. Um, yep. So we're probably going to need to come to uh, probably either free him or agree that you know somebody takes him on and we still pay most of these wages or something like that. Um, it's the kind of signing that you know somebody like Barker could do a, a decent job for somebody. Let's be honest, if he if he was ever to screw the nut and get on it because he's got he has got the talent and he did well before for Hibs up here. So you know I'm turning up at Dundee or Motherwell or somebody like that. Wouldn't surprise you, but uh, that would it would need us to free him before that could happen because then he would get his contract paid up and he'd be able to take whatever buttons uh, they would be offering him um, to to play for them. But uh, again, it's uh, the transfer deadline can ha- you know there can be no rumours and then all of a sudden out of nowhere somebody's off or somebody's coming in that you've not even heard of. I think a couple of years ago, I don't think any of us would have even contemplated that we were going to get Yanis Hadji, and then all of a sudden on deadline day, he was coming, and then by you know by mid afternoon he was there holding the the scarf above his head, kind of thing. So things can move very quickly um, on dre- on deadline day. Um, so I suppose right up until uh, eleven o'clock on on Monday night, we need to keep Joe Aribo in a, a locked room somewhere. We he's way out his phone. Uh, no no way of speaking to his agent um, and all that. The interesting thing, I suppose, from this window is that. The, the, there's no, no been any interest or any rumours at all of, of uh, you know, interest in Morelis, for example. And then they did that interview with Sky Sports yesterday where he was saying he's very settled, his family's very settled, and, you know, he's, he's just bought a new house in Glasgow. So are we, you know, do we put to bed the rumours that every every window it looks like um, he's going to be off kind of thing now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that interview was quite interesting, he said there. So uh, it's quite interesting that he was going from considering you know he's looking, he's looking a bit like a different animal, particularly since um, since Geo's came in. He's looking, he's looking really good and getting himself back in the back in the Columbia squad, which is great for him. Probably the worst time ever for us, um, yeah. for him going there. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting over the next couple of the next couple of days, guys, to see what to see what happens. Obviously with Rangers, but also if you're like us, you're a football fan as well. We see all the buildings and dealings that happen, um, in the world of football, I think particularly. That- I think yeah. the thing is that it can just it, they always talk about you know the the market needs to move, so there needs to be you know a big transfer needs to happen somewhere that then the chain starts that you know uh, I suppose if you look at uh, New Italy, there's that boy Vlajevic who's going from Fiorentina to Juventus for sixty million euros or whatever it is, and there's already some guy from I think it's Basel that's coming in to replace him at Fiorentina, so that. You know, a big transfer like that, where um, you know Vlajevic is going to go into Juventus, and then you know there's potentially that Marata now will leave Juventus to go to Spain. I think they've talked about him maybe going to Barcelona or whatever. So just there's not been very very many big transfers to kind of kickstart the machine, but we're getting into that last couple of days of the window where these moves start happening, and it, it's all about that's what happens. We us we're part of that chain as well, so. I think Keith said, you know, if, if Newcastle have got a list of targets and they go, you know, they're down to the third or fourth choice, it might be that Joe Aribo's on their list. Do you know what I mean? And they, you know, if they can't get the first target or the second target, then they move on to Joe Aribo, and and we then need to deal with them coming in and saying how much for Aribo kind of thing. So, and then we need to react and replace him and all that. So it, it is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's going to be interesting the next few days, guys. But I think that's. I think that's probably much a good place to a good place to call it there, guys. Like I said, we won't know much until obviously the window is shut and we're you know, we've got that, that team lined up against Celtic on the Wednesday. So I 
lot, a lot of exciting games coming up um, ahead here, guys, as well. You know, two away games, two home games. So it's going to be, you know, arguably against three of the four of the best teams in the league there against Celtic, Hearts and Hibs. So it's it's going to be, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, and there, I, I, was, I, was really, I was really tempted to say Ross County, Hearts and Hibs there and Mr. Zemlock, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what to definitely see what happens with the with the few weeks ahead. I think if we're looking at it, would you guys take it if we were still four points ahead at this time and you know next week or uh, two weeks time? Would you take that? I think it would be. Um, it would, I, we'd want to be even further ahead. Obviously, that would mean potentially we'd win the old firm game. But yeah, I think as a minimum, I think we want to be. Still in this, you know, still with that four point cushion after these four games, I think as a minimum would be, would be what we were looking for. Yeah. Ideally seven, well, yeah. ideally, ideally what, thirteen. But that's, <laughs> but, um, but I think if we can go into after these games, I think we've got a we've got a difficult run of fixtures, um, right through. I think uh, both teams have you know, with the schedule, but I think we have a bit of a harder run coming up than Celtic do so if we can get to the end of the next few games still being four points ahead of them then you know I think that's probably par yeah yeah Keith would you take that the four points ahead no (laughs) (laughs) no I don't know I'd take my chances I'd rather play the games I think the reason I say that is it means that we're I want to win next Wednesday and if if we're still four points ahead chances are it means we've got a draw next week and I'd never take a draw after them no with nothing, um, I mean, like, like, like Tono says, that is par though. Like, that's the minimum. So you know, like, I'm not be gutted if that's where we are after those four games for sure, because it's, it's definitely a, a, a bit of a run. But nah, man, I, I want to be seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, at definitely. least I'd rather be thirteen. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey guys, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. On you both. I think it's just as you as you said, we've got these the, the two home games against the Edinburgh teams will take care of themselves, and an old firm game obviously does as well. But it's just if you've got to win a championship, you've got to play all the teams. So you know we've just got to roll our sleeves up, see where we are after the next few games, and hopefully, you know, we've both said there at least be the four points ahead. Hopefully, a lot more, and and you know then it's downhill to. To the championship, hopefully. I think that's it. The next four games will, will uh, uh, I was going to say they're massive, but then the next four are massive, and it, you know, and so on and so on. But you're right, and I suppose if if we've got two tough home games, um, it probably means they've got they might have two decent away games, you know, that are kind of not, not the easiest as well. Because I, I think, think they're I think they're at Petodre in one of the when either when we were playing Hearts or Hibs. I can't remember. It's one of the, the but it's not traditionally a hard game for them, but. You know, no. in theory, it should be. Uh, maybe Tanadice soon or not. You know, like you just never know. Um, I think it's uh, just because we've got two tough home games, it does mean they're away, which can be a wee bit trickier. So, um, especially for them. So, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Yep. That's it. A lot of excitement to come up, guys. So, uh, let's see. I think that's. I think that's now a good place to call it. I did say that five minutes ago. Then. <laughs> so, so, sorry about that, boys. Sorry about that. Sorry, um, mate. But let's see. We'll be back. We'll be back soon. Um, discussing everything probably after the Celtic game. Um, until then, all I can say is Keith, as always, thanks very much, mate. Cheers, mate. Had a blast. Cheers, and Tona, thanks very much for joining us again. Always good to have oh, you on. Pleasure as always, guys. Thanks a lot for that. Cheers, and until then, we'll be back and see you soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye, bye. <laughs>